to uh, another edition of the Sunday Recap Podcast. I'm Jason Smith, here with... David Wachnicki. Yes. Uh, you know what? We sit here one week away from Christmas Day. One it's true. Week. It is. Yes. And you're sporting your very Christmas Day. I love this. I love this. You and uh, Angie wore to the staff Christmas party. It's a great uh, Christmas she sweater. She sent me a picture of it and said, can we please buy these and wear them? I said, <laughs> yes, dear. For you, I will. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, one week away from Christmas. That's that's great. I'm excited. Yeah. For me, December's gone by super fast. Uh, I, I would agree. It's yeah. been a lot going on. And, and uh, I told you this morning as we, we came in, I said, my brain's a little pooped out with G- <laughs> Jesus and, and Christmas because we've been going through his life all this all this fall. And uh, yes. so it's kind of been this extended season of, of some that we only like look at for a few weeks, yeah. typically once a yeah. year. So it's been a nice thing to to, you know, really fill out that full picture. Yep, yep. And, and thank you for everybody who've been very kind in the comments. They've been very appreciative of, uh, of doing that because yeah. we rushed through it and we haven't often paused and taken yeah. time to go through those things. So it's been, I've appreciated the, yeah. the gratitude of the congregation in that regard. Well, speaking of Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, go ahead, Jason. Well, speaking of, uh, it's my segue into yesterday's sermon. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. Okay. Um, we looked at uh, what is called the wise men. Yeah. You, you talked about them as magi. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at a few things through yesterday's sermon. So before we dive into all those things, uh, again, this is where we get to sit and chat about things that you couldn't cover. Right. I know there's more things that you wanted to cover. So mm-hmm. as you prepared for yesterday's sermon, um, something that stood out or something that you wish, hey, I wish I could expand it more on, on this. Oh, I mean, there were... There are a lot of things. I'll just, I'll say this is kind of the opening, is my opening remarks. Um, the fact that, you know, I made a big deal in the beginning of the message that there is a lot that's not said about the Magi. Mm. That God's word is just mm. silent. And just for, for us, like, I feel my responsibility when I preach the word. I know you feel that as well. And the other guys on staff is, and I've said this throughout the series, we don't want to veer into speculation. Mm-hmm. We don't want to build a sermon off of speculation. There's some really neat things. We'll talk about those, yeah. I, I believe, this morning. But but uh, our aim is to to really hit the truths that God's word yep. says yep. and that are clear and that are, that are right there. And Because I want you to be able to read your Bibles and be able to say, oh, I could get that on my own if I yeah. slowed down and if I read it or I, if I looked at other passages and cross-referenced those things in its context rather than some messages I hear, really creative messages and some, some great thoughts, but they're not drawn directly from the text. Right, and right. Uh, and so, I mean, I enjoy you know hearing some of those, but I'm just like, but that's not, I think, faithful to what the, what the text is about. So if I were to say one thing kind of to start, it's like we didn't want to veer into speculation, but I know that frustrated uh, maybe maybe a little <laughs> bit with, with the question. So, so maybe today we'll answer some of those. Things. Yeah, you, you said the wise men. Yeah. So can you expand on, on, on that anyway? <clears throat> yeah, so something that I think is really important for us is we, let me just say it again, we don't know a lot about them. Yes. But wise men is our translation of the Greek word magi. Yep. And the Greek word magi uh, is one of those words that had a lot of different meanings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you to one thing. In, uh, in Acts chapter 13, this word is actually used again of a Jewish guy um, who, as he was... Um, he was performing false miracles and was actually, it's translated sorcerer yes. in Acts 13. Uh, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my cheat sheet here because I was in my notes earlier. Um, and so when you come to Acts 13, the, the guy's name, uh, who do we got there? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Elamias or Elamis uh, is the guy that's mentioned here. And so he's performing these you know, quasi miracles and he's, and he's a false prophet and he's called a sorcerer. So, so at minimum, even in the Bible, <clears throat> 
it, there's not a consistent translation of, of what it is. Uh, and so in that culture, in that context, uh, D.A. Carson, who is a, a scholar, said, yeah. They were men, the best way we can understand magi, the way that word was used back then, it could refer to people who were um, intrigued by astrology, by magic, by the ability to look into the future, and who had the resources to do so. But they were also viewed as, in some contexts, charlatans because they would try and play off future predictions and mm -hmm. say that the stars meant certain mm -hmm. things. So, so anyway, we don't know a ton about them. Sometimes it was a derogatory term. Sometimes it was a neutral term. Sometimes it was a term that was used to refer to you know people of some kind of standing. But so that's why it's wide open. Who were they? And you know? and uh, what you said yesterday about the song. It quite change the meaning if it wasn't we three. <laughs> we, we three sorcerers of Orient are, right? Uh, <clears throat> or, or even we three charlatans, you yeah. know? I mean, like, uh, we don't know how the first people who read this, right? we don't know how, what they thought of. Did they, we've kind of elevated them over yes. time. Yes, um, Because that just fits the, the story better. Um, and then we, we speculate a lot on their location. Let me just kind of hit on... One of the biggest things that people think is that the wise men came from Babylon. And they're like, why Babylon? Well, it's east of yes. Israel. But also, are wise men mentioned anywhere else in the Bible? Daniel. Mm. Daniel goes, right, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're, that's their, you know, Babylonian names. Um, they, they all are taken from Israel as part of the exile, and they go to Babylon. They're trained up in Nebuchadnezzar's court in order to be the wise men. Now, it's not the word magi, isn't the word that's used, okay. but they were the, the wise men of, of Israel, they, or the wise men of uh, Babylon, the sages and things like that. And so, it wasn't just the four of them that served in that capacity. It says there were many of these men who served mm -hmm. as the advisors and the wise men in Babylon. And so, Daniel makes some incredible prophecies about the coming of this anointed one, this savior, this man, like the son of, you know, like the son of man who's going to come down and reign and rule over all the nations. And so people speculate, well, maybe because the men in Babylon had access to some of Daniel's prophecies, maybe that's why they were connecting the star to, okay. you know, to what was yeah. happening in Judea. Yeah. But yeah. We, we don't, we don't know. I okay. even said though, if you lived in Israel at that time and you said somebody was from the east, it meant that they were from across the Jordan. Yes. So it could also have been people that were really close by. I don't, the sense from the story is that these guys went a long distance. They made a big deal of it. Yeah, and you just mentioned the star. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, tell me about that. How does the star work in the story? Astrology was huge in the ancient world. It still has kind of gotten back today. Yeah, you know, yeah. people like, what's your, what's your signs in the star and stuff? And so, one of the cool things we know, um, and I don't, not my, I think the star was a supernatural occurrence. It wasn't okay. something found yeah. in nature yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um, but the alignment of Saturn and Jupiter happened astrologically along in that time period. Okay. Like right around that 4 BC area. And so a lot of people have said, maybe that's what they saw. Stars also represented uh, kingship back then. There was this crazy thing that happened in, I think it was 40 BC, either, I can't remember when Caesar died, Julius Caesar died either in 40 or 44 BC. Uh, look it up, uh, but it's either one of those two. When he died, by a random random circumstance, uh, a star, there was a astrological phenomenon that happened, and above his funeral pyre, there was this, this star that came into focus and into orbit that wasn't normally there. It happens, and so people looked at that, and they're like, he was divine, because okay. the star appears yeah, over him. Yeah, yeah, so that's 40 years before Jesus is born, 
And so people were, you know, attributing, you know, stars even back then to these, to the affirmation of people as deity okay. or whatever. So, so stars meant significant things. So when the guys saw it, the wise men saw it, I think that they, um, it was already in their psyche, if you will, to yeah, re- recognize yeah. that, that was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you something though. Um, there's this crazy thing that was happening in and around the first century where, and we have historical record from like Josephus, uh, I always mispronounce this, but Tacitan or Tacian. Um, there were a number of historians that all were, were saying that back in that day, there were people that were, um, believing that a Judean king, a king over all kings would rise out of Judea. And not because of the biblical account. For, for some other reason, there was like, there was gossip going around. And uh, Vespasian was, a, was uh, somebody who eventually became emperor of Rome. But in AD 60, he conquers Jerusalem. He goes back to uh, Rome to kind of uh, do his campaign in order to be the, uh, the emperor. Okay. And he eventually does become emperor. Um, and one of the things that he says is, look, I conquered Judea. I'm the king mm-hmm. who's come out of Judea. Mm-hmm. And that's 80, 60. So, so like, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm, yeah. See, this is, a, what, how does that help me? Uh, how does that information help us preach that text yesterday? It doesn't. It it's doesn't. fascinating stuff. That's what, we're, that's what we're talking about yeah. it now. Um, it helps make maybe a little more sense, but it doesn't push yeah. the, push yeah. the, the story forward. So, yeah. yeah, but that's the, that's some of the stuff on the star. Okay. And, um, and so now I'm going to take you, so we talk about the wise men, the wise men looking at the star. What about the gifts? We talked, you, you talked briefly uh, about those I know, yesterday. I know. And so, um, yeah, it, you know, kind of rushed it a little bit at the end, but it got to the main point of it. The thing that stands out to me from Matthew's account with the gifts, and we're talking about the gold, the frankincense, yes, and the myrrh, okay, is, is that when they go, it says here in the text, in verse 11, and going into the house, they saw the child with his mother, or with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, mm-hmm. their treasures, they offered him gifts of yes. gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So rather than just saying that they offered him treasures, they say, well, this was what to them were their treasures. Their treasures. Their, their treasures. So the point is not what does the gold, frankincense, and myrrh represent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about that the gold, frankincense, and myrrh represent the type of things that were treasures to yes. the wise men, which in the ancient world had tremendous value. Gold had tremendous value. Frankincense had tremendous value. Myrrh had tremendous value. And those things weren't, well, outside of gold, um, weren't found readily available in Israel at the time. Right. So if you had them, you had something of value. And so the real point is that they gave of their treasures. But we can say that there was a a potential, notice what I'm saying here, (laughs) theological purpose behind the gifts. Mm. And there was definitely a practical purpose. So let's talk about the theological first, and I'll get to the practical. The theological could be said is that gold was a gift that was always offered to kings. Mm If you came to honor a king, you brought gold. It was the recognized rare precious metal. It was the gift of kings. Frankincense definitely was clearly used in the ancient world in the worship of gods as part of offerings of sacrifices, things like that. Across the board, didn't matter who you were, you offered up frankincense um, in the false religions of the time. And so there was this this recognition that it was the incense for deities. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, Jesus the king, Jesus yes. Yes. frankincense. Myrrh is one of those ones that's like a little bit like 
nobody quite knows what to do with myrrh. Okay. We do know that it was used as an embalming agent for the preservation of, of bodies, but it was also used in medicinal purposes as well as a um, kind of like a, uh, a numbing agent. Okay. It could be used okay. to, you know, to deaden pain and things like that. So, so, so that's where kind of so that's where we get this back. We got we got gold, we got frankincense, and, and it comes up later, you know. And and so so we could say theologically those gifts do point to the role of Jesus. But hey, church, you know, can we say that with hundred percent that that's why it's referenced that way? No, because the Bible, no, doesn't, Bible say doesn't say it. what it does say is it was treasures to them. Yes. Now here to me is I think the thing that is much more clear. Okay. We didn't get to talk about this. Because again, we just didn't have time, and, it, and it, it's a whole other part of the story. Um, in the timeline of Jesus' early life, it was that talking with my girls about it last night. How do we think about it? Let's just walk through the timeline really quick. I'm just going to do from his birth. Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem. When they arrive in Bethlehem, she gives birth to Jesus. Eight days later, they circumcise Jesus. 32 days later, they're still in Bethlehem. They've not come back to Nazareth. It's too long of a journey, at least four days, maybe five, maybe even more. So they're staying in Bethlehem. 40 days after his birth, they're living in Bethlehem. They travel up to Jerusalem, four or five miles, depending upon how you want to count it. Eight kilometers, that much I can say. Um, they They get to Jerusalem. They offer up sacrifices. They return to Bethlehem. Now, I, I'm going to be at like 99.9% sure that the wise men did not arrive on the night of his birth, nor did they arrive before he offered up a sacrifice in Bethlehem, which is why in the text he's referred to as, as a child and not mm. a baby, mm. because at least 40 days have, have mm. passed, and you, you could still call him a baby, whatever. Um, but the other reason why I know that they didn't arrive before that is because when they went to the temple, we talked about this, they offered the gifts of the doves, yes, right? Yes. Which were the poor man's gifts. Well, if you've just been given gold, frankincense, right. and myrrh by wise men, we don't know how much, but there would have been some value. I think they would have bought, you know, a, a sacrifice of, yes. of greater, greater yes. value yes. at that, that point. But instead, I think God, by his kind providence, has wise men arrive afterwards. So they didn't spend their money on that sacrifice because after they give the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, what do we know what happens in the text? Herod is bent on yes, he is. killing the babies. Yep. He, he's, he doesn't want to worship the child. He wants to destroy him. And so verse 12, I didn't even, I only reference this briefly. It says, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And then the text goes on to say that then uh, the Lord came to, to Joseph and an angel appeared to him in a dream and said, hey, listen, Herod wants you and the baby dead. Flee to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Well, now the fleeing to Egypt as a carpenter is a little bit easier when you have gold, frankincense, and myrrh to trade. And so a very practical reason for the gifts, I believe, was in God's preservation of the family and taking care of them. Because then they go down to Egypt for at least two years or so. Okay. And, then they, and then they come back. And so I think there's a practical reason for, for the gifts. Yep. Yep. Uh, 110% that God's like, not only is it showing what our worship of Jesus should look like, giving of ourselves, but also for Mary and Joseph, taking care of them when they went down to Egypt. Wonderful. So, yeah. So those are, those are, yeah. All, all those extra things. That, all yeah. those extra things. Anything else on that? You've no. said a lot. I'm not I know. You should have more. No, no, no. Uh, no, I think that, you know, I think that was the big thing is um, the only part of the story that, and again, it was going to be a total downer, so that's why I stopped where I stopped, was you should read on in the story and you should see that the rejection of Jesus as king, and this could be the whole other message, right, is 
is found in how Herod responds from, from the beginning of his life. Mm. It's mm. like mm. so vehement was Herod to not submit to God's ordained plan for the salvation of humanity and for himself that mm. he looked to destroy every male child under the age of two, mm-hmm. which, I mean, is just an atrocity. I mean, it's just, some people ask, well, how many were there? Um, Bethlehem isn't huge, by the way. So I'm saying that this is, it's still horrible, but it's, it was probably maybe 50 boys. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking thousands here, yeah. right? It's just that there just weren't the numbers under the age of two, you know, speculation at that point, 50 to maybe 200, but we're not yeah. in the thousands. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, horrible yeah. destruction of life. Right, right. But Jason, you know, as you, as you think about that and what you know, what he does there, you know, we, we just see like, man, in Luke's gospel, <clears throat> Simeon had predicted that Jesus would be for the rise and fall of many in Israel. Mm. And, uh, mm. and already his coming was, was divisive, you know, so much so that Herod wanted to kill these children. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Also lets me believe that Jesus, you know, when he ascertains from the wise and when did the star appear? They don't, it doesn't say specifically. People assume that um, maybe they had seen it two years before. Okay. I'm now just going to speculate. I think that probably, I'm going to give the number and say maybe that they told Herod, oh, the star appeared to us a year ago, um, or maybe even six months ago. And so it took us six months to get here. And so I think Herod picks that two-year time frame. Okay. To, yeah. I don't think, he, if, he had, if they had said two years, and he would have given himself a wider, wider, wider. birth, four yeah. years. So, yeah. so I think... Uh, again, they give him that, you know, maybe a six, say, oh, we saw it six months ago. We saw it a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so he just, he covers his distance, you know, yeah. <laughs> like a year on either end, yeah. just to be sure. H- horrible, though, nonetheless. Horrible. It is horrible. Yeah. How's that for a... <laughs> Right. I mean, how do you... Uh... <laughs> that's, that's how we didn't end the message on, on that on that note, because uh, that wasn't one. Yeah. So. But of course, Christ was spared, obviously, and, yeah. and, and, and great for us, and, and because salvation came to us. Um, well, this is the last podcast of... This year, mm-hmm. next week oh we're my off. Goodness, yeah, we're and off next then, week. Uh, then uh, yeah, we should be back the first week of January, hopefully with a new name. Some people have already given us some suggestions. Yeah, yeah. So please, if you have some suggestions, we are going to change the name. We we know it because, uh, like we saw, it's not just a recap. We're we're going deeper. We're looking yeah. at we're looking at things. Sometimes not even you know addressing things that were even brought up in yeah. the message on Sunday. So so if you have a suggestion, it's questions at vccc.org. Yeah. Questions at vccc.org. Since uh, Christmas is a one week away, I'm just going to ask you your favorite Christmas carol. Oh, man. Real, like, I mean, when I say Christmas carol, yeah, I don't yeah, mean yeah. Jingle Bells. No, I mean, no, like, no, no. Really no. like Christ. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really about Christ. Uh, I, I got to go, oh, holy night, uh, you yeah. know. Um, I just, you know fall on your knees, you know, it's just, it just, it hits me every single yeah. time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what about you? What do what you, uh... the, you know, you and I laugh because uh, you, you're a lot like my wife. I'm a lot like your yeah, wife. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Holy Night is definitely my top favorite one. Yeah. Is it? And uh, Hark the Herald right there with it. The yeah, God and sure. Sinners Reconciled. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. There's, you and I have mentioned this in the past, and I would encourage people this Sunday just to listen as they sing. Like, look at the words. Yes. There is some rich, deep, deep theology in these uh, Christmas carols, these Christmas hymns, really. Yeah. 
Um, even the the joy to the world, yes. you know, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her, her king. king. There, there's this there's this call. Uh, in fact, I think it's Monday. I was working on my message a little bit. I think I'm actually going to reference Oh Holy Night and and just. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see if it will, if, if you listen to the podcast, we'll see if I, if I come back to it, if it works it into the sermon for this, for the Sunday, which by the way, so we're going to be Christmas Eve on Sunday, we're going to have our two services on Sunday morning, Yes, and uh, we're going to have uh, all the elements of it, we're going to have the Advent reading, we're going to still have communion, we're going to have the candle lighting, we're going to have the songs, scripture reading. And it's a family service. It is a family service, yeah, yeah, so all the kids, everybody's going to be uh, together, we'll have the nursery open and available, we'll have the family room open and available, but we'll want people to be. Uh, and here will be a little bit of an abbreviated message, but, the, but it'll be a full service, yes. lots of singing, lots yes. of, uh, you know, Looking we'll do the can it. line. It's, it's going to be a special great. Sunday. Great. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Wonderful. Uh, well, thanks for being with us, and yes. we'll, uh, God bless you. See you Sunday at Christmas Eve, and then uh, we'll be back on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.